Welcome to the Militant Grind Show. Today, I have a guest by the name of Gregory Stern. Gregory is the founder of From the Ground Up. And he focuses on physiotherapy and how I don't really know. I don't I'm not even going to speak on it. I'm just let you do it because it seems like it just, it just seems like a lot. It's like a new subject for me. So I'm going to just let you have it and, no um, and go from there. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, when people think of the word physical therapy, they think of rehab, right? The idea that uh, if you're dealing with aches, stiffness, pain, I would like to obviously get rid of the pain. Now, oftentimes when we think about getting rid of pain, we think of ourselves lying on a table with the idea that someone is going to fix me. I am there to lie on the table. And the therapist is there to use his hand, his or her hands to fix me. Mm -hmm. Now, while that sounds great in nature, just to lie on your back and get cracked, popped, or you know, we've heard of chiro adjustments or just lay and get manipulated. The whole idea is I help people get to the root cause of their problems so we actually get rid of the pain for the long term. Because if you just lie on a table and you have knee pain and you're massaging around the knee and whatnot, you're not really going to change how that person moves when they stand up from the table. So you get that temporary relief, but the pain comes back a few days later. And then you keep wondering, okay, and then you jump to the next professional with the next fancy hands-on technology um, or methods or techniques. But what I do is I really help people get to the root cause of their problems so they can get back to doing the activities they love without having to rely on these short-term band-aid solutions that never seem to provide that long-lasting relief that you know we're desperately looking for. So with that being said, you're not like a fan of surgery or anything like that, right? Certainly, obviously depends on the situation of that individual, right? But I think that oftentimes when we have a hammer, we we use that hammer. So if someone has hip pain or knee pain um, and they've claimed to have tried everything, then they'll go to the surgeon and they've been doing a year of physio, but all their physio mm -hmm. looks like is getting, you know, massaged or like these very like dinky exercises that don't really mimic the demands of real life they're just lying on the table doing clamshells or whatever type of exercise that they've been given and then we, we we rush to surgery so i think it's important to take a very holistic view of the body to understand that everything is connected so if you're having back pain the site of pain doesn't necessarily equal the site of the problem mm -hmm. and it's important as as you know a clinician that i use my assessment tools to understand what that person is avoiding doing, maybe because of an old injury, maybe because of certain beliefs that they have in their head about what is considered good movement and what's considered bad movement. And we reintroduce this back into their nervous system and then their body starts to wor work in a more holistic, integrated fashion and their pain goes away as a byproduct of better movement. So that's wow. kind of what I do is I, I'm a movement coach. Mm -hmm. uh, I use hands-on therapy as one little tool in my toolbox, but for the most part, we could call, call myself like a glorified personal trainer with a fancy title, but my aim is to really be deliberate on the way that I get people into certain positions to ignite dormant muscles and dormant patterns that they've avoided for a long term. And very quickly, I could get people out of pain by you know getting their whole system updated, so to say. And could you give me an example of you helping out a client that was probably contemplating um, going through surgery and how you help them avoid that and actually what, you know, what the actual problem was as well. Yeah. So, um, one of the things, even before talking about like what a problem is, oftentimes we go to a doctor and I have mm -hmm. a pain X, Y, and Z. Let's say I have pain in my knee. 
we often don't think we understand a problem until we have this neat label associated with it. So like the doctor tells me I have patellofemoral syndrome or a tendinitis of whatever it is. And I actually don't diagnose people in my clinic. I, you know, I'll have them come to me and I'm going to look at how their body's moving. And I'll be like, remember that test when I tried to get you to push up and you couldn't really hold that. And remember this test when you couldn't really hold me here. Well, basically, if we have this notion of like everything's supposed to be taking, let's say we, we talk about knee, the foot, the calf, the hamstring, the quad, and the bum, they're all supposed to do their fair share, right? Mm -hmm. So Goldilocks, 20% of each of those parts. And now, for example, like I said, okay, you couldn't hold me here. Well, that's supposed to be your calf and your hamstring working. And remember when I got you on your side and you couldn't really hold that test? Well, that's your bum that should be working. Well, now if all these areas are taking on, let's say, 5% of the load instead of 20%, well, now we have a case where the brain is smart. It has to make up the load. And so what's happening is this, your knee is just taking on too much load. And so, you know, you're you're putting in this idea that, well, I don't have a, a syndrome or an itis or some sort of scary sounding word that the person internalizes becomes fearful. of. You just mm -hmm. have this movement problem and we got to update your movement system. And so, you know, oftentimes uh, the example I'll give you is I had a client that had six years of chronic back pain and he was told he had like disc issues and you know, very scary sounding things to him where he was afraid to move his body completely. He had to keep his back straight all the time and he mm -hmm. bent down and he was very stiff. And I gave him permission to slouch again, to relax his body, to move again in, in different ways. And within six weeks of having chronic pain for six years, I got him using his legs again. I updated his movement system to teach him how to rotate using his legs, to side bend, to, to flex his spine again. And within six weeks after six years of chronic pain, you know, he was back to doing the things he loves. And it was just a matter of the word permission. Like I'm giving him permission to explore his body rather than making him fearful while using his body. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so what do you think is like the number one problem uh, when it comes to people and their mobility, do you feel like they're just not as active or is it more so like they don't know what to do or what they're doing when they are active or like, what are some of the common things that you see in some of your patients? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll break that down step by step. Cause there's certainly, it's a multifactorial problem. I wouldn't just say right. one thing, <laughs> right. but you know, what I, I think when it comes to backs, for example, or just comes to tension in our bodies, one of the biggest things is if I say the word posture to you, what do you think of? Um, me sitting up straight, like my mom always told me, you know, exactly. don't slouch. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you want to sit up straight with your chest out, shoulders back, which is kind of hard for me mm -hmm. to do, you know. And I also uh me myself, I bought a brace that will go around my shoulder that'll make me pull my shoulders back. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like training. It's a it. perfect example of what I'm going to about to explain. So uh -huh. you're like, I'm not that good at doing this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I would invite you to do, take your hands and squeeze them together for me. Okay. So squeeze your hands really, really hard. And you're going to go for about 10 seconds. Right. So what are you going to start to feel like your hands? Like everything is tense, right? Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you to do that for the next 12 hours. Nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so now put your hand on your lower back and go into that chest up, shoulders back, you know, good posture, good yeah. posture, quotation marks. Mm -hmm. But what are we doing to our back muscles? Squeezing. Right. Okay. So we've been indoctrinated to believe all of us, parents, teachers, grandparents, society, sit up straight, stand up straight, don't slouch. Mm -hmm. Now let's teleport over to Africa, India, China. 
where many people at the age of 80 years old are comfortable doing a deep ass to grass squat where they could sit comfortably relaxing down in that position. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know many 20 year olds that know how to squat down in a comfortable relaxed position. I'm in Canada. You're in, I think in the U S right? yeah, yeah. So this idea is that what's happening when I'm in this nice deep squat position, is my back straight or is it rounded and relaxed? Uh, probably rounded and relaxed. Yeah. So when yeah. we, when we sit all the way down, our back is relaxed. Mm -hmm. Now this rounded and relaxed position is the natural resting posture of human beings for hundreds of thousands of years. Wow. We sit around a campfire, we would be, you know, on the floor and our back is slouched and relaxed. Right. But now all of a sudden we think that we need to be up here, you know, mm -hmm. good posture, soldier-like posture. Now, if you watch any athletes fight, so I've got a quote here with McGregor in the background here, Conor McGregor, right? Mm -hmm. Watch how fighters move. Are they are they chest up, shoulders down and back? Or no. are they nice and monkey-like, rounded, relaxed, fluid, right? Yeah. So when it comes to all of us, our belief that we need to sit up in these positions, all we're doing is we're squeezing all day long. And if we give ourselves permission to relax the chest down, to go into this posture that is what we would do and if we'd be in a deep squat, and all of a sudden our back, it starts to calm down. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you go to the gym now and your trainer tells you, chest up, good posture, good posture. All we're doing is we're now squeezing that low back. And the low back becomes the primary driver of so many movements. But what I do often is I get people doing slouchy split squats, meaning I get them like, a, like an ape. And I get them to teach them how to use their legs while keeping their back completely calm. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden I get people in my clinic and their legs are vibrating. Even someone who could squat 200 pounds the other day, four reps of this type of squat, his legs started shaking like crazy. It's not that he's not strong, but he's not strong in the right ways. Right. Use the, the primary driver, which is the foot, which connects into the calf, the hamstring, the quad, the bum, all these areas to work well together while mm -hmm. keeping the back out of the equation, or at least not the primary driver of the movement. Yeah. So when it comes down to like, why do people move with tension? Well, we hold tension. We don't, we tell children not to slouch, but when you look at children playing at squatting at a beach and you're like, you know, two years old or whatever it is, they have these beautiful shapes that they could exhibit. And we lose those shapes over time by indoctrinating them. And then we go to the gym and we're talking about core tight, squeeze your glutes, squeeze your butt, like everything that we're doing is squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And so we get rid of the, the, the ability to be fluid in our motion. Like, think about it. if you're a runner, we should have this nice, beautiful spine that moves like a dog, like an S, you know, or whatever animal you have these beautiful looking movements and yeah. we're too intellectualized in our movements of how we try to like, there's nothing inherently wrong with bracing our spine sometimes under axial load when I have heavy weight. But in general, what I want to do is I want to teach people how to move in three dimensions, how to develop more athleticism in their movement. And so I mean, those are just scratching the surface. There's many other things like you could talk about footwear and shoes, that that kind of screwing up our foundation. But mm -hmm. overall, those are two things that like, you know, just are pivotal in terms of understanding that we could relax our spines. We could, we, we don't have to always brace our core. In fact, I would invite you to explore the mobility of your core rather than thinking that planks are the best exercise right. know, in the world. Yeah, and and so- why do you think I feel like um, I had another interesting interview when it came to humans basically straying away from what we've been doing for hundreds of thousands of years just to come up with a gimmick to sell people? You know, it's like 
my grandmother, one of my grandmothers that was born in uh, 1908, she lived until like 98 years old and she drank milk, ate meat, you know what I mean? Like just was a typical person and she survived. Mm -hmm. But then it's like the 60s and the 70s came and all of these, you know, different notions, oh, fat is bad, milk is bad, eggs are bad, all of these different things that human beings were used to consuming, you know, now slouching is bad. And so, and so why do you think that, you know, a lot of us come out, well, we just come out with these different type of uh, thoughts and, you know, uh, health processes, like don't go outside with your shoes off or, you know, it's like we, you know, we just adopted different ways of thinking and it's straight away from how we used to live. And now I feel like since we strayed away from it, we end, we end up getting worse. I agree for sure. And I, you know, all, all those things are exactly, um, you know, things I talk about, even in my physiotherapy clinic, I'm talking about nutrition with people's sleep because like we need to look at the individual as a whole. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, to answer your question about, I think it's, we're obsessed with innovation and science, but science is, again, this like dirty word because science is always evolving. And so if we believe that we found all the answers, then mm-hmm. then we stop like te- like testing or questioning what we're being told. So in school, like I wasn't taught what I know today. In fact, it, it, it became, I think the fancier the technologies we have, the more we think that they're better. Right. But when it comes to human health, it, it comes back to sunlight in your eyes, spend most of your time outdoors, yeah. move naturally. You know, think about it this way. Most people sit for 12 hours a day and then they want to get the be- like the best quick workout in. It'd be a lot better if we know about the blue zones, this idea of like slow movement throughout your day, gardening or this or that. But, mm. you know, it's, our lifestyles have changed a lot so that we're in these much more artificial environments, artificial gyms, up and down, more robotic type of movements because there's what's what you measure, you know, everything becomes scientific in a way as opposed to thinking about our intuition, which is play, you know, mm-hmm. go out and play sports with your friends or just watch our children play. It's, it's natural shapes that we expose our body to um, rather than, you know, if I could measure how much volume I do in the gym. And again, there's fun things to do with all that thing, but like it, we just need to get back to the basics. You know, you know I, I do feel like that's true because I look at kids now like that are, uh, that are teenagers and you know look at thinking about how people were when i grew up and everybody had a little muscle mass or you know like it, it's just it's just so different now i'm looking at teenage girls and they have cottage cheese you know like you know what that is right like the you know how they're leg, how women how people legs have dentin and we call it cottage cheese out here but it's like I'm, I'm thinking like wow we were walking around we were walking to the mall we were walking to school we were walking around the school and it was it's just so interesting now how exactly and they're yeah they're always on their phones like they don't want to do nothing but be on their phones and you know when i was growing up we were like i mean the phones were just used to communicate with somebody to figure out where they were at Exactly, and then you just go straight to where they at, and you're standing up, hanging out, and yeah. I f- I feel like now since that's like completely gone, everyone's focusing on the gym, but then it's like you know what are you doing while you are not at the gym? Exactly, it's the you one know? hour you know like the one hour a day versus like the other sixteen hours. So if you're sitting yeah. at a desk, you know curled up in the ball. So when I'm talking about slouching, it's it's a very like nuanced thing because when people think, oh yeah, I do slouch already. What are you talking about, Greg? Like mm-hmm. No, because like 
they still don't know how to let their ribs come down. And it's, it's more that their heads are forward, but their back is still tense. So it comes down to nuance, but I agree with you. Just what are we doing throughout the day? Are we getting out in sunshine? Like, uh, are you moving your body in different ways that, um, you know, I'm big on crawling with my clients. I'm big on this uh, practice called rope flow, which is mm. this idea of almost instead of jumping through a rope, you take a rope and you create these figure eight patterns and they allow the body to ex- compress on one side and expand on the other side. It's very cool stuff. I mean, that needs a bit of a visual. But if you see my Instagram, you'll see these kind of fancy rope flow patterns that I'm doing with people. And it starts to this fun nature that we need to bring back into our movement because Oh yeah, I'm just not disciplined. Well, you just haven't found your your activity, right? Yeah. Like no one said you have to go to the gym, but it's like that's the only way we think that we need to stay healthy. And there's mm-hmm. many other ways, obviously, and you need to con- find what connects well with you. But sitting on a treadmill on the outside or whatever, like indoors in this manufactured type of AC environment, like watch a caveman looking at us on a treadmill while texting like why is that person walking on the same spots they're not moving anywhere right like right. if you're outside <laughs> like walk outside so you have optic flow you know you have things moving through your environment rather than just you know treadmilling away um in this kind of very fabricated environment yeah it's, it does get pretty interesting i have to walk up a hill every morning when i take my kids to school and first when I started doing it, it was hard for me. And I'm like, wow, it's just a hill, you know, but now and I and I go to the gym. But then I notice yeah. that, you know, those are two different type of movements, you know, yeah. like yeah. when you're up a hill, like a real hill and you can't stop, you can't press slow down. You know, you yeah. can't say, OK, I'm going to take a break and keep going. That's a whole different type of feat and mental toughness, yeah. you know, which is why sure. I do the Spartan races and I challenge myself right. to do things outdoors that. and stuff like that. Yeah. So also I want to ask you, uh, do you have like a personal story of what motivated you to actually go into this field? Like, is there, cause this is almost totally different than what I'm, what I've ever heard or interview people, you know, talking about. So what, what happened that motivated you to get into this, to help people? Pain. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> pain is a powerful motivator and a good teacher. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that we cannot learn without pain. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm 29 now, 10 years ago, I was playing uh football in, in, in Montreal. I was playing in a flag football league and I just had an innocent ankle sprain that just never healed properly. So I was dealing with like two and a half years of chronic pain in my foot, just standing barefoot. I couldn't tolerate. I used to be super athletic and could do all sorts of things. And my foot pain was just like debilitating, constant buzzing pain. Mm -hmm. And I was going to physio. I was doing, you know, what I was being recommended, the orthotics, the orthopedic shoes, um, nothing was working. And eventually I got surgery on my foot and I Mm. thought like, Oh, everything is going to be better. And then I got hip pain and then I got back pain and then my body was broken. I'm like 23 years old and I like used to play all sorts of sports. And I was like, anytime I would want to do anything physical, I I could force myself, but like, I would just Mm -hmm. suffer the consequences afterwards for days on end, feeling like just all out of whack. And at the time I was thinking about going to medical school. So my, my father's a doctor, an emergency physician and my, and my mom's a physio physical therapist. Sometimes mm-hmm. in the U S they say physical therapist versus physio, same thing. Um, and you know, I was trying everything that was, they were telling me and I was going to different professionals and nothing was working. And 
I'm like, well, I'm like depressed and desperately searching for answers. And so I started looking, becoming like YouTube was my best friend. I was just going and looking outside the confines of what I was being taught and how can mm -hmm. I heal my own body? And I decided not to go into medicine and to go into physical therapy. And even then when I was in school, it was like, all right, we need to use our hands to fix everyone. And I'm like, this is not true. Like I know what's possible. Um, and I believe in the power that you know, everyone can heal. It's just, we're not giving the right tools to heal. Mm -hmm. So I fortunately stumbled on many smart mentors and kept diving down more rabbit holes and understood the mechanics of the feet very well to understand that like the foot is actually supposed to flatten. Let me repeat that again. The foot flattens and rearches, flattens and rearches. Yeah. And we have been indoctrinated to believe another thing is that feet and flat, bad thing, right? Right. Feet are bad. But it's part of the ability for the foot to flatten, absorb impact, and then rebound and push us forward. Mm -hmm. Again, the nuances of how the foot flattens is, is obviously something that needs to be understood. But I reintroduced foot flattening drills back into my body. I, I learned to get more springy again. I learned to connect my foot into my calf and get everything working. And again, I was being guided by the right people. A lot of people in the UK, Australia, um, different mindsets. On, again, they were still outside the conventional notions of, of their time, of like their countries. Mm -hmm. And essentially over time, I got to the point where I now go on hikes barefoot. Wow. I could slack line. So I'm walking between a tightrope, 30, 40 feet, no problem now, like with 100% confidence. But I came obsessed with understanding how does my body work and how do I connect all these parts together? And all through that you know, acquisition of knowledge, I'm like, well, I need to share that with people. And so now I'm I'm at the point where I, you know, I help a lot of people with chronic pain get back to doing the things they love, even when they've claimed to have tried everything. And like the doctor's like, well, we have no hope for you. Again, that statement in itself kills me inside because like, should never tell someone that they're like, you know, you'll never walk again because if you believe it, you won't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so go ahead. Yeah. So, so now I'm, you know, I, I started a clinic three and a half years ago after I, I, uh, I graduated from school mm -hmm. and it's been a, just a rewarding journey of, you know, learning more. And, you know, my, my clients and myself have been my, my, myself was the first test subject, mm -hmm. but now as I've refined my process and become much more clear on what people need, uh, you know, I'm very confident with, with like every person that walks into my clinic that I can help them get back to doing the things they love and get pain free again. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. And so I also have another question because I'm a, a big fan. Have you ever heard of Paul Saladino? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> so Paul walks around barefoot, you know, yeah. like this regular day to day. And my thing is, like, do you guys is it like a process to be able to withstand you know, rocks on the floor, sharp objects, you know, especially when it comes to hiking, like you, you know, you're going up a hill, you might step on some, ah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So do you train your feet to be able to withstand that since, you know, where you having on socks and protection, you mm -hmm. know, for, for years. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going barefoot. Now my feet aren't really like trained for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll, I'll start by saying, like, I don't walk on the concrete streets in, in Montreal barefoot, right? But I do wear what's called more natural footwear. So the whole idea being, like, they're much wider at the tips of the toes because most shoes taper in. They're yeah. much more flexible in nature. They're thin. So already, while I'm walking in my shoes, I am feeling the ground much more. And they're also uh, – so they're thin, flat from heel to toe. Mm -hmm. um, so my shoes are already mimicking barefoot like environments, albeit 
it took me time to get there with the drills that I've learned through time of how do I get my foot stronger moving into the ground? Like if you switch your shoes all of a sudden, like, yes, over time, your foot will become more adjusted to it. But if your foot has been living in a cushion footwear that's super tapered in and like yeah. doesn't allow movement, well, your foot is quite stiff. And so it's a, it's a transition process for sure. You know, mm-hmm. however, that said, like I have taken a group of 25 students on a barefoot hike that had never done it before. And they all love the experience because as you said, you have to become mindful of your steps. Sometimes if we're in these big clonking hunky, hikey boots, mm-hmm. we could just go and crush the ground, not think about it. But yeah. it does kind of connect you more to the experience of hiking. Oh, there's a little mud. Let me go in the mud. Let's see how that feels because our feet are meant to feel the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. We have as many nerve endings in our feet as we do in our hands. But when we live in the cushion hokas, for example, we are dampening that signal. So it takes a bit of time. It takes you could facilitate that transition process using different tools like spiky mats, like acupressure mats that fit, like start to waken up the nerve endings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just kick out your shoes and go in for a little walk in, in, in the park and just feel that feels and notice that like. You, if you ease your feet into it, you'll, you'll become more accustomed to it with time for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I saw, are you a big fan of grounding? Yes, I do. absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of the winter coming up, but I'll still put my feet on, on the snow, but you know, I'm Montreal has some pretty bad winters, like minus 25 Celsius in the, in the peak of like, what is Fahrenheit. that in Fahrenheit? I'm fair. You know, I'm fair. Yeah. yeah but at that, at that point, it's all the same. When you're in the minus, like if I hear minus five in Montreal, I'm like, yeah, it's a warm day. You know, like minus know, five Fahrenheit. I was Celsius. So, I mean, we're, oh, we're talking, let's say day. 25 degrees Fahrenheit. I consider warm in the winter. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're freezing. It gets to like, here, let's say minus 10 Fahrenheit. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know the full conversion. I know 32 degrees Fahrenheit is zero degrees Celsius. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. But yes, rounding, like, yeah, like every day I'm at a park for a few minutes or a long time and I'm, I'm training outside as much as I can. And I'm mm-hmm. you know, doing things to, to get my feet on the ground. Wow. Wow. That's very interesting. So, um, have you ever heard of ways where people will actually like detox their feet using like bamboo pads or something like that? I have not actually. You know, there's like an ionic foot detox. Have you heard of that? Well, I, I mean, the whole principle behind grounding, it doesn't have to be as woo-woo as people might think. It's as simple as this. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you go and get your heart scanned, what are they doing? They're measure, measuring the electrical gradients, what's happening at EKG or an EEG for your brain, right? We right. are electricity. We think and electrons move through our body. We have action potentials. Very basic science, right? Mm-hmm. So- the whole idea is that if we are electric beings and we are never grounding, so think about it, we are the only species on Mother Earth that sometimes some people have never put their feet on the ground in 20 years, on grass, on, on the soil, right? Yeah. So the, the Earth has a frequency itself. So when we stand on the ground, what we are doing is we're just balancing out our electrons. So oftentimes you know, people might have heard of free radicals or whatever. The whole idea is that we are kind of discharging the excess electrons from our body. Otherwise, if you want to just simple think, you're putting your feet on the ground. It's not so crazy, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but interestingly, they'll do scans of people's bodies. I'm not sure if it's an fMRI, but the whole idea is that it looks at like, you know, heat maps in people's bodies yeah. and half hour of just spending time on the grass, like, 
people's scans look different. Nothing else happened besides them just standing on the ground. And so just connecting back to the ground is a very simple concept that I think goes a long way. So I don't know about your bamboo things, um, but I believe in the, the idea that like just stand on the ground every day and, you know, it, good things will happen. Yeah, because, you know, like like we said before, some people make it deeper than what it actually like has to be in order to sell a product. Yeah. You know, that's that's usually what it is when it's like you could do something as simple as standing on the ground. It's like, oh, OK, you know, but they just, you know, some sometimes it's overcomplicated. And, you know, for every sure. problem, there's a solution. And if you're offered yeah. a solution, you're always going to create a problem. Yeah, well, so. there's a free solution here, you know, like go outside <laughs> and, and stand barefoot. But, you know, yeah. interestingly, there are like new products that are available, like for the winter, like grounding mats, like the idea of like a plane needs to be uh, grounded, like when it, when it lands, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, let's say there's a lot of electrons in the, in the clouds because it was a thunderstorm. Some of that might go into the plane. And so you you want to just discharge that before it takes off again. So like there are grounding mats for those people stuck in the winter that like, well, again, you could put your feet on the snow. And I'm not selling any product at all. I'm just saying like, you know, there's science to grounding that is not that complicated. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I have a question just for my personal self. It sure. feels like I cannot sleep unless I'm laying on my stomach. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason why that you could, you can help me out with that? Well, the thing about like sleeping, um, is that depending on, I don't know if you have a very firm mattress or very soft mattress. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh it, it it's a smart mattress so it adjusts with my body so okay, it, it but changes does it tend to, like you feel like when you sit it you end up sinking uh no it, it it moves depending on like where okay. i move uh -huh. so yeah, if i well, move yeah well the thing is like you know again coming back to evolution because you know that that's where we could look at like for hundreds of thousands of years we slept on the ground and so like for us to sleep usually on our backs on like uneven ground, that wouldn't work. So being on our stomach or our side would be a bit more comfortable. The only thing when it comes to sleeping with on your side is that your neck might get cranked one way the whole night. And so it might not be the most comfortable thing, but I mean, if you feel okay doing that, like I'm not going to say good or bad. It's just, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is, but Generally speaking, you don't want to end up being like sleeping all night with like your head looking one way because then you might wake up with like a stiff neck or whatnot. Yeah. But I think it has to do with the fact that we've slept on the ground our whole life. And so sometimes when we go in soft mattresses, we don't, our bodies like, like just sinks and sinks and sinks. So like those hotel mattresses, usually they, they like often people wake up too sore because we need a bit of like some compliance, like a soft ground, but not too much compliance where we're just sinking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you um yourself, do you sleep on a firm mattress? Yeah, more firm for sure. More firm? Okay. Because I was so like, it just depends on the body type or whatever, but I could definitely see you being, you know, see someone being more firm, well, more comfortable on a firm yeah. mattress, Yeah, exactly. but a little soft as well. Yeah. Again, some compliance, it shouldn't be a freaking rock, right? But mm -hmm. yeah, definitely uh, more on the firm side than the soft side. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so um, is there anything that you, you know, like that you're a strong proponent of when it comes to your field of work? Like, is there anything that's like that separates you from the average physiotherapist? Well, I mean, just in general, like my sessions look like movement sessions rather than lying down on the table sessions in the sense mm -hmm. that like 
I prioritize helping people get to the root cause by teaching them how to use their whole body in a more efficient manner. So that let's say you're having that knee pain. Well, everything, instead of that knee being overloaded, we have all the parts working together. And I would say that, unfortunately, standard of the industry is like, if you are being given an exercise, it's often these very like basic exercises that don't actually mimic the demands of, let's say you want to go back to running. Like I want to bridge the gap between low level rehab Mm -hmm. to higher level rehab. So I'm getting people doing plyometric drills, Pogo jumps, getting themselves comfortable leaping yeah. and hopping and change of direction. And so I think that's where oftentimes like people will feel better with a bit of hands-on and maybe these basic exercises, but unless you take them now into like, how do you squat? But again, it's not like the typical barbell squats I'm thinking about is how do you squat down and use your legs? How do you hinge? How do you move in three dimensions? And so that's, and plus all this education that I'm giving about, you know, slouching and footwear and, you know, sleep and nutrition. That's kind of what sets me apart is I want as much as possible to empower my client to take responsibility of their health. And that usually happens when they get this spark plug moment where like, wow, these exercises, they look so basic, but why am I struggling? And then th- that motivates them to work on it. And very quickly, their pain can go away when, you know, more of their system comes back online. Mm-hmm. And do you train clients like worldwide or you just prefer yeah. to do one? Input- no. So, but you know, one of the things I've done is that, you know, I started a lot more in person, but I was doing a lot of virtual uh, appointments um, through COVID, but just because people were reaching out to me through Instagram, like wanting to connect to like the, the message I was sending um, out in the world. So I, I work one-on-one virtually as well. And it, mm-hmm. I have good success with that. Cause again, I coach people in movement either in person or there. So it's not about the hands-on necessarily, um, but more like more accessible is what, I, what I've done is I packaged together an online program teaching the exact same system of movements that I do with my one-on-one clients that I put into a very like 10 to 15 minute daily commitment that you could follow in person, uh, sorry, like in your own home with very little equipment with the means of like, how do I scale my business? Well, I obviously could, you know, take on more clients, but I can only see, you know, 10 people a day. And obviously I want to empower people because I'm sick and tired of hearing like I've tried everything and what they've tried doesn't even scrape the surface in my, my mind of what quality physical therapy is meant to be. Right. Right. That makes sense. Well, that's a, that's a really, that's a very, very great thing. Very great thing. And so, um, where can people find you? How can people contact you? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the easiest place is um, on, on Instagram or Facebook is Ground Up Physio. So, if if we are on the visual, uh, well, I got a little foot in my logo, but the idea is uh-huh. you know, Ground Up. So, mm-hmm. Ground Up Physio, P H Y S I O, and from there, there's links for my program in you know my bio and whatnot. And if they have any questions, I'm you know certainly happy to answer. But like the, the, the intention of my program is that yes, it works for plantar fasciitis. Yes, it works for knee pain because no matter what your diagnosis or where your pain is, it's just revealing a system that's not working efficiently. Mm-hmm. And if everything works efficiently, um, then pain goes away as a byproduct of better movement. So the whole idea is that rehab and performance in my mind are the exact same thing. One is about layering on, you know, more speed and more things. But even when it comes to rehab, I want my... 60 year old learning how to do pogo jumping because all of a sudden they'll start to feel more elastic and springy, which is the nature of how we should feel. Right. Kids are springy and elastic. Well, we should maintain that quality throughout our lives. So that's kind of what I'm teaching in these programs is, is how to move your body in 3d, how to bend and use your body. It's, it's a guide for people.
Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I have a standing desk, you know? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah sure. it took me a while to get used to it, but after a while I'm like, okay, it's, it's pretty cool. But when you're standing up for like three hours, it's totally different than sitting down three hours. That's for sure. sure. You know? And it, you know, like with respect to standing desk, it's like, it's not that three hours of standing is better than three hours of sitting. It's your best position is your next position. So sometimes you stand, sometimes yeah. you sit. It's a dynamic workstation yeah. instead of like plugging away the computer without literally moving the entire day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to just promote this, you know, gentle movement like we talked about so that you're not like in one position the entire day. Oh, trust me. I do sit down sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. That's, that's and, a fact. As you should, it's nothing <laughs> wrong, you know, obviously. Right. Like I'm not going to say I stand up for uh, eight hours and do work. Oh, no, that's, okay. that's not true. I have a laptop yeah. as well, you know? So yeah, the, the more dynamic we are, the better we exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, man, Greg, Hey, this has been amazing. I have learned a lot. You know, I really appreciate you coming on, especially, you know, how we found each other all the way from, from you being in Canada, you know, and sharing us your story, how you deal with your clients, et cetera. Like this has been amazing. And I've learned a lot. Super happy to share my knowledge. Yeah, no problem, man. So again, you know, I appreciate you uh, for everyone out there. Remember this is a ground up. uh, Physio. Physio. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was like physiotherapy. I was like, oh my God. What, yeah, okay. Whatever. I mean, if you look up from the ground of physiotherapy, you'll find me on the Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, the whole idea from the ground up, right? The whole idea, your feet are your foundation. And how yeah. do the feet, you know, your feet are in any other world, we would look at like a building and understand that we need to understand that it has to have a strong foundation, right? Yep. But when it comes to our feet, we stand on these weird pillows and and don't really think about our feet. Like our feet are a piece of meat that go inside our shoes and we forget about them, Yeah. right? But when you go in an airplane, everyone takes their shoes off because like, ah, I can breathe, right? So yeah. the whole idea is reconnecting your feet and how that impacts the rest of the body, mm-hmm. um, you know, is a pivotal you know, perspective shift that I have my own technology built in within me rather mm-hmm. than needing to be reliant on everything that's out there. Um, you know, like your grandmother said, you know, like that whole principle of like ancestral health coming, comes back to connecting with the basics. Yeah, definitely. Definitely does. And now, you know, it's good that we have whole people that teach an holistic approach to, you know, healing ourselves as well, you know, because sometimes we don't have any choice, but to go in a holistic route because, you know, the other route, the medical route sometimes doesn't have any real solutions for us, but whatever way oftentimes we can make not, I'd say, you know, more often than <laughs> not, the medical system is very important for acute care. What I mean that is my dad's an emergency doctor. If you know, you don't want me when your leg is broken or whatever, you need to be set back when, when we have these serious diagnosis, but overall, you know, why are so many people suffering today where our mm. lifestyles are just not in coherence with how we evolved over the last you know, millions of years. And so there's a disconnect. And so if I have a problem that's based off my lifestyle or a pain based off my lifestyle and all I'm doing is being handed a pill, well, like that's clearly a Band-Aid solution that's not respecting that pain is important. It's not pleasant, but it's Mm -hmm. important. And it's a call for help for me to do something different. If I kill my pain, well then, you know, like I am clearly just you're just delaying whatever is coming my way or, you know, pushing it down. And it's certainly like, I went through lots and lots of pain as a 19 year old. I suffered for years and years. And like, I'm not saying never get pain anymore, but mm-hmm. my body works 
differently because I've taken ownership in the process. And obviously I learned from a lot of smart people. And so my aim is to obviously pass on that information that I learned through my own experience onto people. And it works because it worked on me and it works on all my clients. And so I invite people to, you know, kind of join the journey and help in taking ownership in your own process because no one else is going to take responsibility for you except for yourself, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I am learning. Cause I, you know, me, myself, if I go to the doctor and tell them it's a problem, they're just going to say, here, take this, you know, it's like nothing else. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not my diet. It's like, Oh, what did you eat? Or, you know, going to the doctor and say, Oh, your blood pressure. They're not is training high. that. Unfortunately, that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like my wife is going through medical school right now. It's like institutionalized ways of thinking are just not updated. Like for whatever reason, because mm -hmm. people are ingrained in the ways of thinking. And I, I have to be called alternative or holistic. I'm just right. helping people. Why do we have to like label as it as, as, so different is like, well, if anything, the standard should be holistic mm -hmm. rather than that being the fringes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause diet, cause I'm not like anti-doctor, anti-medical no, because sure they, they help as well. But then there's like, you know, they're just not conscious of certain methods, you know, because they're yeah. not taught, you know, yeah. like I can't, I can't go to you and say, Hey, my foot is broken. Can you help? You know what I mean? Like that's not, you know, every, everything has its lane, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely I still go to the doctor, but I definitely go to my holistic doctor first, <laughs> you know, to try to figure it out. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, man, again, this has been great. Thank you so much for spreading this knowledge. And, you know, yeah, this is this has been amazing. Right up my alley, I would say. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, right, man. Um, you know, have a good rest of your day and I'll connect with you later. Sounds great. All right. Awesome.